It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How has VGK fared historically in closeout games as they look to eliminate the Jets on Thursday night in Game 5 of the series? Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco along with Chris Golick. We come to you from Las Vegas. You can find us on Twitter, at Tony Dasco, at TD Chris G, and at Lockdown VGK, Lockdown Golden Knights. Uh, is where you could find us on the YouTube channel. And please subscribe now. And thanks for making us your first listen, your team the Vegas Golden Knights every day. We are brought to you today by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKDOWNNHL for 20% off of your first purchase. Chris, as we mentioned on yesterday's show, it's really difficult for teams to close out opponents, particularly in the Stanley Cup in the playoffs. And for the VGK, they have not had the best record when trying to close out teams, last year especially. No, they didn't play. Of course, they didn't make the playoffs. But in any event, you did a lot of research. And uh, what is VGK's record? I think I'm a little hot here on the mic. Uh, what is no, VGK's you sound record? good. You sound, okay. you sound lovely as always. Don't worry. Okay, you know, so, you're not nearly so, as, as hot as you are on your head, Tony. So, so a little bit of research here. <laughs> um, looks like the VGK is 7-8 and eight overall in closeout games. So... Basically a 500 record, and I don't know how that fares against like the rest of the NHL, but I got to think they're not too far behind the eight ball or too far ahead because closeout games are so difficult. Uh, we just saw on Tuesday night, for example, Carolina Hurricanes, you would think uh, all everything pointed them close, not the Islanders being up 3-1. Islanders won in Carolina to extend that series. So, you know, there's no nothing uh, suggesting the Winnipeg Jets should beat the Golden Knights in T-Mobile on Thursday, but it can definitely happen. Going back to season one, this was really BGK's best season as far as closing out games goes. 3-0, they beat the Kings, they beat the Sharks, they beat the Jets. And the interesting thing, all of those closeout games happened on the road. Even more Interesting that VGK was able to have that killer instinct. So they swept the Kings 4-0. It went, the closeout game itself was a 1-0 victory shutout for Marc-Andre Fleury. Looking at season two, this is, uh, again, the Jets that, that or sorry, the Sharks. The Sharks was get there. season two. Yeah, yep, Sharks was season two. Another shutout, too, 3-0. 3-0 against the Sharks to close that series out in San Jose. And then that big bag whiteout we've been talking about, right? Uh, the Golden Knights went 2-1 against the Jets. I believe that was a Sunday matinee game. And Revo, of all people, I believe, got the game-winning goal on a tip, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and that was game. where uh, mm-hmm. that line four of Nosek and, and uh, Reeves definitely and Will Carrier had some real nice things going for a while there. And Carpenter was even shipping on that line, all sorts of things. Okay. And then uh, after that? What... Yeah, what so the, the next record? season, that's, this is when things get weird. This is season oh, yeah. two. This is when uh, the not a major stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And Gold Knights are up three to one. They just lose. like they are now. Yeah, just like they are now, exactly. 
And they lose three straight closeout games. Now, as much garbage as I talk about the Sharks and things like that, the Sharks did have a really good team that season. They had a much better team that season than what the Jets have right now when you factor health and all the things that are is going against the Jets right now. But it, it just felt weird that season. And the one game that really stands out to me, so you got to assume game five, home ice, Vegas is up three to one, home ice for the Sharks, that is. You got to assume the Sharks are going to give a great effort. And they did. They won that game pretty handily. I feel like VGK, I don't have the score in front of me, but I feel like VGK wasn't too far in that game, so to speak. So going to game six, this is where VGK had to close things out. Uh, it was a home game, uh, matinee game. I remember me and my son were, were at that game, actually. And we left. We, were, we went to the car during the first overtime because he was younger and just, you know, five, picked, four periods of hockey is too much. He picked the was Sharks that? in that game, I'm sure. It was the Sharks. Yep, it was the no, Sharks. he picked them. He picked the Sharks. He probably did pick the Sharks that game, and he was right, that little bugger. Um, but the Golden Knights get a friggin' power play, and they give up a shorthanded goal. It was a bad goal that Marc-Andre Fleury gave up, too, I remember. We were in the parking garage watching on the big screen because I saw VGK had a power play. Like, let's watch and see what happens. And, yeah, that sucked. And then, obviously, game seven is what it is. Right. And uh, then, of course, uh, that the next year was the bubble year. Yeah, next year is the bubble year. So uh, they got the Blackhawks in the first round. The 12 seeded Blackhawks knocked off the uh, fifth seeded Edmonton Oilers, I believe. Memory serves me right. Um, in that three game or the first to three, it was either a first to five or first, or sorry, it was either a, a best out of five, five or a best out of three to technically advanced to the Stanley Cup playoffs. It was weird the way they did that because mm-hmm. of the bubble and COVID and stoppage and everything. Uh, VGK got off to a 3 nothing lead against uh, the Blackhawks, and then it was a gentleman's sweep. Blackhawks get one game in the bubble. Golden Knights come back and get game five. And then this is where the trouble starts for the Golden Knights. This is where they had that series against Vancouver. Same deal, up 3-1. to one. And all of a sudden, they can't score goals. Thatcher Demko had his moment in the sun. He hasn't done anything since, but he had his moment in the sun against the Golden Knights. He's and... always in the sun in San Diego. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. Um, so Abbotsford, but either way, um, minor league team. Golden Knights, they couldn't score playoff goals. They couldn't score power play goals. They couldn't score even strength goals. And the only goal, I believe it was a one nothing shutout victory in Game 7, where Theodore just gets a little seeing eye wrist shot that went went through a bunch of traffic and they and they got the goal. But um, you know that was the beginning of the end for uh, the Pete DeBoer era, right? You know that was when we were started getting had some concerns about what was going to happen long term. And this is actually where Pete DeBoer made, did make a genius move. So this is the whole Mark Andre Fleury, Robin Lehner, bloody sword, all, all that drama happening right now, and. Game six and seven were back to back because if you recall, that was when uh, there was a protest by the players. They basically refused to play for a couple nights, so they had to readjust the schedule. So basically, game six and seven were back to back, and DeBoer rolled with rolled with uh, Robin Leonard in six and seven both, and Leonard came back and got the shutout in game seven, amazing victory, and then. They go on to the Dallas Stars, and unfortunately, they don't end up having any closeout games because they were on the other side of the closeout game, losing in overtime and lost the series four to one. And then the next year was the Montreal year. Yeah, so next year was when Montreal eventually eliminated us. Uh, VGK was up three two against Minnesota, couldn't close it out on the road, but a great game seven. Uh, Matthias Yanmark 
the over the hero who winds up uh, getting a hat trick in game seven after being a late uh, trade deadline type acquisition. And the craziest thing about that game, I still remember I zoomed in as the clock was winding down, you got Foley McCrimmon and uh, McPhee all in the box together. And I got a video. I said, listen, this is McCrimmon just doing his victory lap about Matthias Yanmark. And the, I had the video all the way from the back of 217 and zoomed in as far as I could. And uh, that, that was a fun moment. That was a fun moment. Then who be? Oh, Colorado after that. What a series that was. Uh, Vegas falls down 0-2. Wins four straight, including the closeout game six. To uh, and I, if I recall, that game against the Avs wasn't wasn't really ever in the balance. Like VGK just kind of rolled beginning to end in that game. Yeah, and then after that, after that, Montreal kicked their Montreal. butt. Yeah, and we <laughs> haven't heard from Montreal count. since. Okay, For what? Yeah, right. You know, and then yeah, know. Montreal wins the Campbell Bowl. That's that's <laughs> the that's the oddest thing for me. But back to the original topic here. You know, seven and eight in closeout games since their inception and you know maybe we'll give a little um victory lap for the golden knights for being involved in 15 closeout games in five in technically four seasons five seasons you know if you count last year there's a lot of franchises that would absolutely kill to be in the spot that the golden knights are in right now as far as their competitive level and the fact that they have been a stanley cup contender you know at least for five of their six seasons Curious to see if they do come out uh, rather flat here on Thursday night or if they have some pep in their step. And once again, you know, Cassidy keeps alluding to the fact that this team has not played a complete 60-minute game. But then I just keep thinking, has anyone in the NHL played a complete 60-minute game? How do you game? measure a complete 60-minute game? That's so right? hard that's to so do, tough. right? I know. In the playoffs, I had something else for you in this segment. Uh, again, goaltenders that VGK should they advance, do not want to face. Do not want to face. Uh, Jake Ottinger, I put right now at the top of the list. He's really starting to heat up. I think he had a shutout uh, last night, Um, and he's been really good. A lot of folks uh, have been busy touting Colorado, but I don't trust Georgiev. The Kings have Corpus They got to get out of that round. They have to get out of that round. They're without McCarr for a game. Let's see if they even survive now. Right, exactly. That's why I think the path for VGK is a lot easier. But suddenly, Ottinger, like he's done in the past, starts to play better as the playoffs start to wear on. And he's 31 and 15. His uh, overall goals against average, almost said earned run average, is 2.53. And so the other goalies. Uh, he's Kings, the best goalie in the West. He's the best yep, goalie in the for West. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right now. That's the one you don't want to face because once he gets into that groove, man, we've seen this act before. Uh, Kings, Corpusalo, and uh, where's Phoenix Copley? Um, Oilers with uh, Skinner. Uh, they're going to ride him. They think he's the hot stick. Uh, the Kraken now with Grubauer. Avalanche with Georgiev. I, I still have to say the one team you don't want to face now is going to be Dallas moving forward because of Ottinger. And you always, yeah, it, I mean, it, it usually comes down to goaltending. Exactly. And something I've been saying on this show since basically we started was give me the best coach, give me the best goaltender in a series. And that's who I'm going to pick to advance most of the time. Um, is Cassidy a better? I think Cassidy's probably a little better coach than DeBoer um, as far as just the history goes. And, you know, DeBoer, he just, I don't know. He's he's just, he's DeBoer, DeBoering, I guess. And he's DeBoering. I don't mean that in a bad way, but DeBoer has a method that he sticks to that Seems to be okay, but it just can't get you all the way there. Where Cassidy's had some deep runs, and 
you know, he had two, I mean, talking about Cassie and closeout games, he had two chances to close out the Stanley Cup a couple seasons ago and failed to do so, I believe, against the Blues, if not mistaken, including a Game 7 home Stanley Cup closeout game. Last year game. against the Canes? Wasn't that the Last year against too? the Canes, they were... Yeah. They were well. So Boston was the dog in that series. I think that was an eight-one uh, scenario where where the Hurricanes were the top record in that, or they were either either wild they were, they were either first or second in the East, and Boston was wild card one and wild card two, and it wound up going seven games, but the Hurricanes wound up advancing there. Same deal. I mean, give me the best coach, Rod Brindamore, and the goalies. I mean, you could probably split hairs uh, as far as who the goalie. I think it was probably Freddie Anderson and Allmark last season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, obviously Olmark gets a nod there, but uh, back to where I was going with this, you know, give me the best goalie, give me the best coach and let's go upward from there. DeBoer, you know, let's, let's, let's call him equal just for conversation. So we don't got to split hairs. No reason to Ottinger is going to be the better of the goalies. So can the VGK defense carry whoever the goalie is going to be? Cause right now it's, it's Brossois and I think it's going to be for a while, but it, it, Logan Thompson hasn't even started skating yet, but if Brassois has a tough time, they will turn the net to Aiden Hill. And I'm okay with that if that happens, because that's just what the situation is. As far as other teams in the West, when you're going to match the coaches and the goalies, I mean, Edmonton, no, I'm not, I'll, I won't take any of the Edmonton goalies right now over what's happening. And they're, I always forget the, the guy's name, but I'll take uh, Cassidy 10 times out of 10 over the coach of Edmonton, besides their power play coach, besides the power play coach. All right. <laughs> Coming up next, you know, when William Carrier returns and he's getting closer, where is he going to fit into this VGK lineup? We'll talk about that when we return right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. We always tell you about our little hack there, wait outside of T-Mobile Arena, where I was today or yesterday, I should say, hanging out there. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And they put up a new window wrap there, which looks pretty spiffy. If I want to wait until they're going to make it out of this first series to be safe. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That'll be for naught if they don't get out of this series. But again, you can buy tickets for all of your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near us here in Las Vegas, especially in anywhere that you're tuning in. And uh, they've got killer deals, last-minute tickets. It's really good. And they have flash deals, last-minute tickets, and easy-to-find-and-buy tickets for every kind of event that is right here in whatever area you might be in. And uh, they also have those images of the seat views. So I like that about uh, the app, uh, the lowest price guaranteed event cancellation protection, again, job loss protection, all sorts of things really come with the game time app and the game time guarantee. That means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110% of the difference that's right 110 percent of the difference and buy tickets in a matter of just seconds two taps and you are all set up so snag your tickets today without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account use the code locked on nhl for 20 dollars off of your first purchase terms apply again create an account use the redeem code it's locked on nhl 20 dollars off and download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cash Back Debit, 
everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Don't forget, uh, coming up on our Friday show, as always, it's WTF, What the Friday. So start sending those in via Twitter or on YouTube. And, of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Locked On Golden Knights. So, Chris, Bruce Cassidy informing the media yesterday that William Carrier is back on the ice and he's skating again. We found that out somewhat last week. Cassidy said he's going to be checking in with Carrier on Wednesday during the skate uh, Carrier has been out since March the 3rd, and he's uh, recovering from that lower body injury. And right now, um, I guess that they're going to try to see if he can skate okay Wednesday and Thursday, and he could become a game-time decision. But one of the biggest questions that's looming out there is who will Carrier bump out of the lineup? And I'm going to start off, I'm going to say Howden. Probably. I just feel Carrier uh, can score more. Remember, he's got 16 goals this season. Is that a career best? Yeah, that's a career best, right? By far. Leaps and bounds. Okay. And I think he nine or brings... 10, if I'm not mistaken, was a score. Was that's right. Yeah. And and uh, he definitely brings a heavier presence uh, to the lineup. So it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. We know that Cassidy does like to play the hot hand, right? And we know Amadio and Howden are both playing really well, but just in spots and in spurts, they've been great complementary players. But Carey is a guy that you have to get into that lineup because of his consistency every night. Yeah, so Cassidy, I believe, just um, Tuesday mentioned when Carrier first was getting back, his body wasn't necessarily responding to the intensity that where it needed to be when he first got back on the ice. So whether Carrier is, you know, a game time level decision right now, or uh, they're not going to rush him. Let's be clear up three to one. I think the hope is VGK closes it out on Thursday and then they don't even play a game until the following Wednesday or Thursday. So that would be the best case scenario to not even have to worry about forcing Carrier into the lineup over someone. And you don't need to force anyone in the lineup right now. That's the beauty of it. They're scoring, they're playing decent, you know, some of the players are playing decent defense besides my little Petrangelo and your Alec Martinez rants on yesterday's show, of course. <laughs> but where where does Carrier slot back in this lineup? And we put a we put a poll out there. Uh, Kessel, Amadio, Colasar, Howden, and you can even put a right and vote for Barbashev too could get bumped. I don't think that's going to be the play just for the defense that Barbashev brings to the lineup. It would be interesting if the two trade line trade deadline acquisitions were were two healthy scratches, but that's another topic if that so, actually so happens quickly. or not. Quickly, I just want to ask you, uh, do you sense that something is wrong with Phil Kessel? Didn't you? Yeah, maybe. I mean, people mentioned um, it looked like he was laboring pretty good at the end of uh, game four. And uh, listen, Kessel, he hasn't he's had some chances, but he hasn't done anything with them yet. Um, Power play hasn't done a whole lot either. So you can argue that like there's a good moment in the sun for Phil Kessel on the power play down the stretch in the regular season. It really seemed like he was taking on a leadership role and was, you know, just really elevating his game and not saying he's not elevating his game right now and can doing what he can, but he might be limited with the fact that he's 30, whatever years old and however many games it's been. And 
you know, it's father time catches up to all of us at some point. Maybe it is a little bit to Kessel right now, or maybe he's a little bumped and dinged and whatever. Um, I don't know if Kessel gets taken out of the lineup unless it's for injury reasons. I mean, it would slot nicely for Will Carey in that third line because that's where Carey did spend most of his time down the stretch before his injury happened. Amadio, everyone loves him because of the overtime goal. You know, you wonder if that's necessarily the right play, if that's the right perspective or not. He only got 7% of the votes to get bumped out. Uh, Colasar and Kessel are basically tied, 38 and 35%. We know Cassidy likes Colasar's game. We know he likes Colasar's game. Colasar did score a goal um, uh, this past Saturday. Of course, that big stare down, which was just a lot of fun. And Brett Howden just had a great game with two goals, one an empty netter, but so be it. He's got two goals, and VGK has struggled putting pucks into the empty net. So that's noteworthy. Um, knowing Kessel or knowing of Cassidy, it's probably between Amadio and Howden. Um, I, I think it's actually Amadio going against uh, our public, if you will, that winds up getting bumped in the short term. But it could be a revolving door. You know, if uh, Howden, you know, if Howden's got the hot hand, Amadio gets bumped. If Amadio looks good, Howden gets bumped. And, you know, would Carrier on line four simply taking Colasar's spot be the cleanest? I think that's probably the best option. But I don't think that's what Cassidy does. And I don't think he takes Kessel out unless Kessel's hurt. And we've seen, uh, as we've seen with Mark Stone, uh, coming back fresh, right? There's an importance to that. Everyone's like, oh, there's a lot there'll of There'll be rust. a game and adjustment, and, there'll be, and then that's it. Yeah, and then you're fine. You're off to the races. You've got fresh legs. You haven't had that kind of grinding. And then you're back, and you're probably playing 200%. Uh, three goals, three assists, and 56 playoff games for Will Carrier. Uh, Logan Thompson has not returned to the ice. That was the other update. And that's kind he's of done. sad. And he's done. He's, it's he's a shame. Done. Yeah, he's done for the season, but it's really sad because here's a guy that gave VGK a fighting chance earlier this season, was the all-star. He came back for the one game and then just not responding well. And perhaps uh, there's some sort of off-season surgery in the works for him. It just doesn't seem like he's going to get right here on his own. No, it's unfortunate because you have to think Logan Thompson would have us in a better spot because he's our starter. You know, no one, if you asked anyone, uh, I don't know, a good 15, 18 weeks ago to rank the goalies, you know, give them a score one out of 10, your LT is going to get an eight and you're going to go a one for Aiden Hill and a one for uh, a one for Brassois or something like that. That's just, you know, how everyone viewed the goaltending situation. And, yeah, we hope LT gets better. We hope uh, we hope he's good by the softball game, Tony. That's our measuring mm-hmm. stick. Let's see if he's out there. Let's see who makes the makes the appearance for the softball game, and then we'll kind of take it from there, I guess. Okay, why was Jonathan Quick on the road in Winnipeg? If Aiden Hill has been the backup here the last couple oh. of games, oh, what if what if what if Aiden Hill gets hurt in warmups? What if uh, what if uh, what if Brossois gets hurt in warmups? Just another backup there, and don't count out for Winnipeg. Um, uh, on on Tuesday, we heard uh, Bonus say that Shifley uh, could he didn't discount uh, didn't count him out uh, for the game, and he said he's feeling much better on Tuesday. So we'll see how he progresses. That extra day it could be a factor here. Steve Eisman uh, played a game with a broken foot once, so why not? <laughs> Alec Martinez played the entire playoffs with a broken foot. Remember that. 
So yeah, so there. Jack Eichel with a broken thumb plays the last fifteen games of the season. I mean, it's it's awesome. I'm not going to try to one up you anymore. But Nikolai, no, I'm just saying hockey players are amazing. That's what we're saying to each other right now. Much better than basketball players. (laughs) Nikolai Ehlers could also be back. Um, Cassidy said uh, he just pointed to this team's resilience, the way that they've played. He talked about Jack Eichel on Tuesday, and he said that now Eichel has that shot mentality. So has he had to give up some of his defensive effort to play more on the offensive end? I mean, no one is going to be able to be on both sides of the ice at all times. I mean, you know, Mark Stone is maybe an exception. And then my favorite, you know, 200-foot player of all time, not William Carlson, uh, Marion Hossa, Blackhawks, Senators, Penguins, uh, Red Wings. Marion Hossa is by far one of my favorite players of all time just for what he could bring to any team. And... You know, Jack Eichel has a little bit of that. He's obviously got a more lethal scoring drive, although Marion Hosa did have some early on. Early on in Marion Hosa's career, me and, my, me and my dad were having this conversation a while back, but early in Marion Hosa's career, he was scoring a lot of goals, I believe, for the Ottawa Senators. I could be wrong on that one. The Thrashers, Senators, either way. He was scoring a lot of goals, but I think his plus-minus suffered. And then as his career went on, you know, as he got a little bit older, he started playing better defense and stuff like that. So that's a natural progression for players that want to have long careers, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to do what Ovechkin does every single year. That's a very, uh, you know, very special um, situation or what Connor McDavid's going to do for the next 10, 12 years of his career before he finally needs to start slowing it down and only able to score 22 goals a season instead of 60 goals a season. Instead of saying nice stick on any play that Eichel makes, say long stick. He's got the longest stick out there. I think Mark Stone delivering. does. Are you sure? Stone has like he's got a very active stick, and he's also he also has that like no, handle. No, no, I'm not talking about activeness. No, I no, long. I think just no, I think lengthwise, I think Stone has a real long stick. Okay, Nick Hague's probably got the those? longest for because of his size. Can you measure those? I, Eichel's like he's got like one of those long bats. In any of for traditionally forwards have so forwards. If I'm trying to remember the way they again, this is at the, at the youth level forwards kind of have the stick coming like right around their chin to like their bottom lip and defensemen can be anywhere from their neck to their eyes, depending, depending on what their personal preference is. When I was, again, this is my inline hockey days, you know, going way, way back here. Um, when I was actually a, a pretty good inline skater, I was using a stick that barely came to my chin because I can get down really low. And as I got older and took up a little more space and got a little wider, the stick got a little bit longer so I could have a little more of an active stick. There you go, Tony. Okay, and Good the stay. other thing that uh, Cassidy, one other point he made was the timeliness, timeliness of goals, of saves, uh, the way that this team has really fought through adversity in the postseason. They've done a pretty good job of just keeping even keel. I think Experience. even when they gave up the uh, the three, and, and Marshall so called it poised the other night, uh, but even when they gave up, they blew the three-goal lead, they still came back. Even when Winnipeg was pressing in game number four, BGK was able to just to kind of keep sway, you know, no, don't keep sway. Cause that would be Cassidy swaying back. He's not swaying as much. He's not swaying as much. I don't know if you've noticed, but he's it's, a, it's a nervous camper. tick. It's like a stutter when someone gets a little, you know, gets a little he's a going. Happy camper um, right now. No. And back to the poise. I mean, listen, you look at the roster. I, mean, I don't know what the average age is of BGK versus the rest of the league, but I have to think that BGK is probably in the upper half as far as being on the older side. Um, but that's also what the experience brings. I mean, you look at what the former captains on the team and people that have worn letters and things like that. 
you know, th- there's a reason for the players that Kelly McCrimmon, George McPhee, and you know, Bill Foley to a degree have targeted in the off seasons. They want that leadership. They want that locker room. Um, you don't hear, I mean, Robin Leonard, we can, you know, go up and back with some of the things, but outside of that, there's really not too many stories about, if any stories about Vegas Golden Knight players, Max Pacioretty, I think we feel reading between the lines, he wasn't a cancer, but he just didn't fit in with the, um, no. the business of the Golden Knights. It's probably no, the best no, way no. we can say For that. The very moment he got here, the reports that I got from the locker room from one of my little moles in there was that he didn't like the, everyone fooling around and kidding and pranks. There were a ton of pranks in those early days. Oh, yeah, Marc-Andre Fleury, of course. Fleury, Marsh or so. They all try to remember uh, Flurry was taping the sticks and March or so. And, uh, you know, and then you have uh, everyone else that comes in here that's like kind of down the middle and they're really professional about the way that they take the game. Yeah, I could see things, you know. Kind of but um, like prefers to be that person. Like if they're running a business, they want the employees all in their suits and their ties and all that, where, you know, Mark Andre Flurry marches so they'd rather, uh, Maybe be in a polo and a nice looking pair of jeans with a decent pair of dress pants, still giving getting the people, job done, having a good giving time. Giving people wet willies, too. The wet willies, remember that? That's okay. got in the segment, got to be the segment closer. Okay. Coming up next, for some reason, I look at the rundown sheet and it, lo and behold, it says Skater Boy Avril Levine. Chris is going to have to explain himself when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Oh, so we don't record. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Good night. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick. We come to you from Las Vegas. We report on the Vegas Golden Knights five days per week. This has just been an unbelievable month, and it's not even over with all of the downloads and all of the folks that are subscribing on the YouTube channel, Lockdown Golden Knights. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. We really do appreciate everyone's involvement because without you, this wouldn't be a show. Is it a show? I don't even know what, what to call it, but in it's, any event. It's a sideshow. It's a sideshow. It is a sideshow. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's a three ring circus, a two ring circus. Some days, Avril. Levine, no, it's about a no. We we got we got a few really good people on Twitter that make it about a fourteen way circus. Oh yeah, fourteen no, ring circus. Terrific. All right, so Avril Levine. So what, what Tony's setting me up for is we've been I've been giving him crap all day because he did the TMZ thing and apparently he's an Avril Levine expert. So I was joking. We were the way we talk about our segments. We send each other text messages trying to figure it out. So. <laughs> I think I said the last text I sent him was uh, was um, reminisce about the closeout games, which we did. And okay. then the second topic was obviously about Will Carrier, which Carrier. we did. And we kind of bounced right. around, too. And then I just sent Skater Boy for the heck of it just to you know give him crap. So apparently that's our uh, Avril Levine's our third segment. It's not our third segment, folks. No. Um. So I, I put a tweet out there just kind of asking, hey, what do you guys want us to talk about? Because this is kind of a weird Wednesday show. There's no game tonight, you know, and. There's some other playoff action. It looks like the Kings are uh, about to, yeah, the Kings aren't looking too good. They're down five to two to the Oilers. So that's going to go three to two going back to LA. So just some of the stuff going through the, the, the Twitter poll or not the poll, but the questions here, um, TW Simpson mentions Robin Leonard and basically what might happen with him next year alludes to a situation off the ice. And if that will help BGK possibly 
eliminate his employment, if you will. Hmm. VGK does have a buyout. Um, if you go on cap friendly, you can check that amount. I didn't see it. It's like one seven five or two seven five. I'm pretty sure buyouts will count against the cap if they do that. VGK is not a spot to take on dead cap space. Let's be clear about that. And what's happened off the ice? I mean, Leonard's not a criminal or anything like that. If he gets a, you know convicted or whatever of fraud, he'll get worked out. It's not going to make mean he can't be a hockey player ever again or anything like that. We'll see if he's healthy enough. That's going to determine if he will be a VGK. Um, Brandon Frame, if LA regrets trading Jonathan two cups quick now, you know, that's actually a pretty money comment because all of a sudden LA's goaltending isn't looking good, but it hasn't looked at all season. That's the thing. Yeah, but Copley's better, man. Copley had a good record, sure. And how does he not get a chance after the last couple of games, especially after the goal that Edmonton got in overtime? Um, so I think that's a good thing. Um, uh, Brandon says how um, poopy the situation room is and screwing up reviews and then mentioned mm-hmm. something about Jonathan Quick. Uh, Quick is our third goalie right now, and if we need him, we need him. And then, yeah, we're not even going to reference that one. That was dumb what someone said. Well, there, um, will there be a point this season uh, in the postseason where VGK has to go to another goaltender? There's no yeah, back-to-back, yeah. obviously, but there's going to be a certain point where – There'll be a spot. I mean, listen, down if Brossois can play as great as he's been or at least as um, serviceable, then that's wonderful, right? That's great. Hopefully, he, we don't have to go to another goaltender, but, you know – no, no goalie is going to be a uh, solid the entire postseason. I think there's a chance that we see Aiden Hill in there at some point. Um, if Jonathan Quick gets in there, that means there's another injury and something bad happened. But listen, who knows? Crazier things have happened. Maybe Jonathan Quick will. If VGK gets to the Stanley Cup final, maybe he'll get a start. You never know. We okay. never. We didn't think Jonathan Quick was going to be a Vegas Golden Knight for crying out loud. That's for um, sure. Last comment here: the three-one jinx. Let me explain. Tony has no doubt, and I haven't even read this yet, so I'm going to go slow, make sure I don't miss something here. Tony has no doubt seen a zillion times in pro sports, college teams, enormous lead, scores, Mm. playoff games vanishing, run on sentence, bro. NBA teams losing huge leads. Who says a return to Vegas is a VGK guarantee win closeouts? Seven and eight. Must play with no regrets. Seven and eight. We covered that pretty good in the first segment. That's pretty pretty good timing there, yeah. No, that is really good. That that definitely is a good. um, pressing a little bit too much in front of the home crowd. Which is fair. And also, listen, VGK has a poor record of multiple days off being in Vegas before they play. We've talked about this. This is almost uh, the equivalent the honey of a do, long... The honeydew uh, chores they've been on the road. Do. They've been on the road, Tony, since last... They traveled by last Friday morning, right? And then did okay. Saturday and Monday. So and then they they've been on the road. On you know, they just got back to town this afternoon sometime because obviously uh, Cassidy the depressor. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's... um You got, you got some catching up to do at home right now and... We'll see if VGK is ready, but you know, and we'll just talk a little bit here. You know, Winnipeg is going to give everything they have in the first period of this game. And again, kind of like on the road, if VGK can weather that first five, 10, 12 minutes of the game or get out of that first period, even tied Winnipeg is going to, their, their fatigue is really going to set in because of the injuries, because of how hard they're going to be pushing and, if, and the poise If VGK can keep their poise it's that minus 185 that the sports books are hanging for Vegas on Thursday already is free money. Okay. If so they for keep the, their poise. So for the record, that's old news with Avril Levine. It was more this week about Jeff Bezos and Chris Jenner with their plus ones showing up at Coachella. And Jeff Bezos was wearing a $12 Amazon shirt, the billionaire. 
And I was just like, of course, when I did my little shtick there, I'm just wondering about Lawrence Sanchez, the plus one, and Corey Gamble, the other plus one. And I was just, I'm concerned about what their conversation was going to be like when Jeff Bezos and Chris Jenner are there talking business and buyouts and takeovers. The drool off my thing here. Okay. Hmm? Are you back? Are you? Yeah. <laughs> we thank, uh, of course, everyone. I guess that's why you get, I guess that's why you get those gigs, Tony. I guess that's why you get those gigs. That's, that's tough. That was, that was tough, but you did a good job with it. Okay. Make it till you make it, bro. The $12 Amazon shirt. Okay. Uh, we is that more expensive? Everyone... Is that over under the cost of your Dasco shirt you're wearing right there? Uh, oh, it's much over. Yeah. It's more than 12. Your shirt's more than 12? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus the logos, like these are like $40 shirts. Come on, man. Yeah. We should start selling these on Amazon. They would go really fast. We like to thank the everydayers, the folks that tune in each and every day. And tomorrow on the show, we will preview coming up. We will preview uh, perhaps could be a closeout game for the VGK. Uh, We'll talk about adjustments that each team has to make uh, coming into that game. And then again, you could find us on YouTube, Locked On Golden Knights. We appreciate you tuning in. Thanks to my man, Chris Golick. Thanks to me for bringing up TMZ. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.